Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to Draft Talk 4.0, uh, presented by Acme Packing Company. Get the plug in on the front end. I'm Justin Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Say what's up, people, Tyler. What's up? That's all I got today. I don't. It's it's, it's been a busy week. <laughs> Look, cut straight to the chase. I understand. Okay, free agency. Green Bay Packers. The big fish is back. Aaron Rodgers. He's on. A contract that amounts to $150 million over three years, but is actually two years, $124 million in new money. Um, that's a lot. It has like two weird options at the uh, back end of it that are not really options. It's just kind of like filler years. I don't really know how to analyze the Rodgers contract yet because I don't know what the heck is happening on those final two years. He, hey, man, he wants to let you know that he's not the highest. He doesn't want to be the highest paid quarterback. But there, here we are, $62 million a year over two years. That was so weird where he came out and then was like, had McAfee yell at reporters and stuff and was like, it's not $50 million per. And then it ends up being, what, $62 million per? Like, come on, get real. Like, that's, that's the whole thing people are arguing with uh, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins situation with his contract is everyone points to it and says like he got, what was it like 27 million or something like that per um, because it was, it, it's just added on at the end of a contract. So treating a whole contract versus new money is like definitely agent speak, but like the new, the new money stuff is like actually what matters. Cause you were already signed up to play yeah. on a dollar value ahead of time. Hey man, all that really matters is they got that cap number down by like what eighteen million. Like that's pretty sizable, and then it honestly helps them make some moves. It is kind of funny. Like the NBA fans, there's so many. One, the NBA's salary rules in terms of like their actual cap hits, right, are a lot simpler than the NFL. What gets tricky in the NBA is like all the like the mid-level exceptions and like stuff like that that you have to track and figure out like wait is this available or not and like all that stuff isn't so, there something called like a bird law not bird law bird, bird tax bird, bird rights. rights there we go bird rights yeah it's what is it like yeah you get to pay a, a player that you drafted originally more than someone else can offer because there's yes. a there's a max contract um, the reason I know about that, Paul George in Indiana, because I think the rumor was that just the Indianapolis ownership straight up could not afford to pay him a super max or whatever. Oh so good. And you could trade bird rights. But the, 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 the thing that like NBA fans don't understand about the NFL and honestly, it's a reasonable thought is like, how can Aaron Rodgers sign for $62 <laughs> million per year? And you get cap space. That doesn't make sense to them. And I'm like, you know what? It should be simpler. You're yeah, right. it should like, be. It, it is pretty dumb that it works out like this. But it's working in favor of our team right now. They're getting new contracts in. Rodgers is back. Um, Devontae Adams is tagged. Uh, he's technically back. It sounds like he's not going to play on that contract. I had talked to people who are familiar with the, with uh, uh, Devontae Adams' camp. I'm being very careful about what I say right now. Yes. <laughs> I sincerely don't believe that he will play on the tag. Like, this, this has been an ongoing issue. He is asking for $30 million per year. He talked – or his agent talked to representatives of other teams that said that they would be paying that if – he was willing to hit the open market. Obviously, the Packers held his rights, um, moved hell and high water to do so to make sure that they could keep him on a on, on the tag number on their uh, salary cap going into the new league year. I think there's a real chance he gets traded to the Raiders. I really do. And yeah. 
I know it seems far-fetched and, and maybe we'll see how this kind of plays out with uh, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland and how the dominoes fall with that. Just because I think one of the big pitches with the Raiders is not only would they be willing to pay, right? They're a desperate team in the AFC West that is quickly seeing like nuclear power, right? Just pop it's up. It's insane. Not even in the division, the but the conference too. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Every team has two pass rushers. Insane. Every team has an all-star quarterback. Like you have to do something. I, the, the, the one caveat there is I don't think the Raiders have really committed to being like, we're going to fight this right they're still kind of teetering on that like are we rebuilding we cut we haven't given car a new contract right we haven't committed to him anything like that so this is my point if if the baker stuff really does go south right in cleveland i I don't think they're gonna get watts right if it goes south in cleveland and Derek carr is the guy that comes into cleveland because they they end up moving away from baker because it seems like genuinely they, they don't like him I, I know someone who's going to get a gig with with the browns pretty soon and he's telling me like the, the word in indianapolis uh <laughs> with the coaching staff is like they're they're not huge fans of the guy it was crazy did you see the mort thing today okay an adult an adult at quarterback like good why would you crazy. leak that if you're gonna try and trade him that's what I don't understand. Dude, they, Is it just frustration? They're just tired of that guy. Yeah, like that's bad. The the one thing that's crazy to me about the Baker stuff, and obviously players pay, playing through pain is like, dude, I would never do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> let's be very clear about that on the front end. But it seems like Baker played through injury because he was very worried that Case Keenum could come in and basically replaces production. At, and if you're worried about price. Case Keenum taking your yes. job, that should be a red flag. But this it got to the point multiple dads of Cleveland Browns <laughs> skills players were like, Baker is clearly hurt and he is hurting the team right now. What the hell is going on? Like, why is he still on the field? And I, I don't think those feelings have gone away. I think, um, I think they've lost the locker room on that one. So according I, to multiple dads. According yeah, to multiple report. dads, and there there were there were three people, three three Browns players who liked uh, Baker's Instagram post yesterday about him, you know, loving Cleveland, and uh, I don't want to be cryptic, but here's two pages of me being cryptic. One of them was Austin Hooper, who was just released. That's never a good sign when there's only two active players on your roster liking your quarterback's Instagram post about how much he loves the city. Like, I I, I don't know where that's going to go. But to the Devontae point, if if Card does stay with the Raiders, I do think that there's a real chance that, like, the Raiders have the money, they have the assets to be able to, to, to get him. And then I don't know if Green Bay would be willing to pull the trigger, but Aaron Rodgers is management now, right? Yep. And it seems like he's not being irrational about this stuff. Like, when the Odell Beckham stuff happened, he was like, oh, yeah, we just, like, we, we couldn't figure out, like, the money. Like, it just didn't make sense. So, it's like he understands where they're at financially in terms of the cap. It's not it's not the money. It's it's, it's really the cap mechanic, right? Yeah. Um, for some teams, it is the money, but this for, is not Yeah, for some teams, it would be. But so, I wonder if Rodgers would see, like, some sort of, like, cost-benefit analysis and be yeah. like, we can get so many guys for the $21 million that, that Adams is on the cap right now. Plus we get a first round pick. I'm on, I'm under contract for the next three years. Should we actually be, be looking at this trade? Obviously it has to go through him has to go through the general manager, but, but from, from what I've heard from people, like the Goot versus Adams stuff is real, dude. Like they, they are, basically don't talk so i mean we've been talking about this for uh you know probably a week now um i've emotionally coped by now that julio jones is released i've literally just said all right trade trade Devonte, sign julio jones draft Traylon burks with the first that vegas gives you uh and then just go wild 
there you go. Maybe you can sign, you know, you can sign Rasul back. There's, there's all kinds of stuff you can do if you can clear yourself of that 20 mil. 6-3-2-20 Julio Jones. Julio, can Julio Jones replace Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling in that role? We'll, we'll see. Um, other news, Devondre Campbell signed five years, 10 million per, but didn't Te- actually technically. Sign. Yeah, ac- according to Rob Domofsky, so we're recording this on a Wednesday, the Packers had to get under the salary cap by Wednesday because it is officially the start of the new league year. The, he technically is not signed, and that worries me a little bit because technically he can, he can switch, right? I mean, we already saw this with Randy Gregory. And yeah. McKissick. And was there another one? Or was it just him and McKissick? I'm not sure. I, I, know, I know the Cowboys announced Randy Gregory, and then the Broncos' social media feed was like, hey, let's, uh, let's make fun of you guys for, for doing this. Um, so Campbell, obviously, right, first-team All-Pro this past year, he got – like 50% less than uh, Olukan, the linebacker who signed with the Jaguars. So I'm a little uneasy about him not, not <laughs> officially, you know, signing on the dotted line as of yet. Um, hopefully it goes well. I, I don't understand what needs to take more time because a restructure of Randall Cobb should have been enough, right? Yep. Why was that not done? Because that would have been – Probably number one thing I would have done this entire offseason. Is Randall Cobb actually going to make like $8 million to come off the bench and not play special teams and yeah, honestly take up a special team spot for, for the team? That would suck. There's, there's so many different moves that are going on. So you got to wonder if maybe moves are happening right now that we're just not hearing about. And basically they didn't want to sign Devondre while they just try and situate themselves for maybe a couple hours who knows maybe while we're recording maybe something will come out but maybe they just need a little extra time to take care of some of these things because the restructure with Cobb like you know you just talked about they're probably gonna have to go through Rogers with anything Cobb related that was a big stipulation on him coming back so I don't think he's gonna get cut I feel like there's it's gonna be a weird awkward unpleasant conversation and now that Rogers is management he's he's gotta start having some of these huh yeah let's talk about your buddy how much do you love your friend, really? How many millions of dollars do you love your friend? Yeah. Uh, Preston Smith signed a four-year extension. It was basically the same contract he signed back in 2019. It's not really as much money as you would think, right? It's still like a three-year deal guaranteed. Um, I think that's perfectly fine for, for Preston. I don't think he's going to see the last two years of that deal. No, to be totally honest, but absolutely relieved help. he's locked in though. Cause I just think that guy, yeah. even if he doesn't, you know, his box score numbers ain't bad, but I think the value that he brings, you know, we talked about edge setting the whole, uh, this whole draft preview. So obviously I'm very relieved that that's not as much of a priority with him back. Yeah. And the Packers were rumored to be active in the outside linebacker market coming into this. There were rumors about them being interested in Von Miller who uh, just signed a, what was the contract? Five five years? So six years. Pressed. Oh, Von Miller. Yeah, six, yeah, uh, yeah. six years, 120. Yeah, that's – who boy, for a guy of his age, you know, already in his, like, I guess, like, borderline mid to mid to uh, early 30s, that's, that's a lot. And then Uchenna Wusu signed for $10 million a year with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. That was the other guy that, that they were rumored to be with. Um the Green Bay Packers also released Zadarius Smith. That saved him like $16 million. He ended up signing a uh, four-year deal with the Baltimore Ravens today. I don't think that's a surprise. He was posting photos, you know, on Instagram from Baltimore, all that stuff uh, throughout the offseason. He scrubbed his whole timeline, basically, of like anything Packers related. His legacy in Green Bay is going to be weird. Um, he had two great years, and then it just the wheels fell off man like something went wrong something turned sour and it is what it is i mean my my buddy nate tice always talks about how like you kind of have have to have like 10 percent of the locker room just kind of be like knuckleheads to a certain extent just to like keep everyone fresh basically and this (laughs) is just kind of what happens with guys who are kind of like hot-headed some wild card keep you on your toes yeah but like zadari what he took he took like the the wasn't there like a weed charge? Yeah, there was a weed charge that he took the to like the young yeah. guys. Young guys wouldn't get busted. 
I mean, he was a great player on the field. They voted him a captain multiple times. It just seemed like things really turned sour this offseason when they converted his salary into a signing bonus and then essentially made 2021 a contract year for him. And he got he had that back injury, and then it was like, well, am I going to have surgery in a contract year? Hell no, I'm going to try to play through it. And then they pulled the plug after one week when he couldn't practice throughout the summer, th- throughout the week until, you know, leading up to game day. Didn't look right in that blowout loss against the New Orleans Saints. They pulled the plug. He went on injured reserve, ended up having back surgery, and then was only ready to come back for the playoffs. And then, you know, quickly they were, they were out. So I understand why there was animosity um, toward the Packers organization there, but it, I don't know, still still rooting for the best for the guy. Like it just – Oh, yeah. Like I mean, a, he was a defensive – he was a defensive player of the year candidate at one point, man. Like uh, I'm glad he still got paid too. Cause like you said, you know, his future really quickly went up in the air. Wasn't sure what's going to happen to him. So he got a pretty nice deal in Baltimore. That's where he started his career. Mm-hmm. Was that he, was, he was drafted yeah. in the fourth round. Yeah. They actually tried to trade for him at the deadline that last year that he was in Baltimore. So like the Packers, for whatever reason had, you know, circled Zedaria Smith as a guy that they, they like really liked and thought was kind of, underrated which i thought was surprising because he only had i think he had eight starts his first three years combined um yeah. with the ravens so it's nice to see him go back i mean the ravens do this stuff all the time i'm, I'm really not surprised that yeah. they were able to make that move the one surprising move to me so far billy turner got released and yeah. that was one billy and dean lowry were like the two where it was like if push comes to shove right? Like if push comes to shove, you save money this way, but it's definitely going to hurt. They ended up uh, releasing him based off of a physical. That stuff is tricky, dude, because physicals are a lot more subjective than I think people really realize. Like, yeah, you can kind of fail or pass any, anyone based off of if you like them or not. So I don't know what that situation is like uh, moving forward. The tackle market hasn't really gone off in free agency yet, so it's nice for Billy at least to be able to be out there before all the money is spent. I guess the big thing with the tackle market right now um, is Teron Armstead is at the top of it, and he's waiting to see if the New Orleans Saints are able to bring in Deshaun Watson. So if if, I guess once Teron Armstead signs somewhere, I would expect there to be, you know, a domino effect with the rest of the tackle market. Oh, yeah. We'll see Billy somewhere. I honestly, Denver needs a right tackle. Like, he would be a great fit to to go with Hackett. I was hoping for Cincy, although do they signed a guard, correct, or have they signed a right tackle yet? Um, I can't remember if they signed a tackle. I think they signed – did they sign Kappa? They signed Kappa and Karras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They signed okay. Kappa and Karras. Yeah, man, shoot. Get Billy Turner on that offensive line. I'd root for him. Yeah, it's kind of hard they, not to root for Cincy. Yeah, because they still they still need a right tackle because oh yeah, that's tough. Yeah, they they got to do it. I mean, their, their right guard situation, the right tackle situation is bad. Oh my god, I, I'm happy though that they're like Jackson Carmen. We don't have to do three more years of this. Like this this might have been <laughs> a bad pick. Like let's just move yeah. on immediately. Like well, I will say this for the Packers losing Turner. I wonder if the if they think that Elton's progressing well uh, in rehab right. and they want to put him in right tackle, uh, I will say this. I think it's definitely going to make offensive line, whether that's interior or tackle, uh, a pretty high priority on the list for the draft. Yeah, it definitely a lot higher than what I what we thought oh, yeah. coming in, right? Um, hey, that's good, though. It's a pretty solid class of offensive linemen. So the other guys, so the the other news, right? Green Bay has made, uh, they've tagged a couple players, Dominic yep. Daphne, Jake Hansen, Randy Ramsey, Malik Taylor, all, all got tagged as exclusive rights, free agents. And then uh, also Alan Lazard, who was given a second round tender. So he's going to get a decent amount of money, which I don't think is a surprise. He's a number two wide receiver in the NFL right now. So nothing really surprising other than the fact that like Henry Black wasn't, wasn't picked up. Like Henry Black was a guy that they played, a ton in, in, in those dime sets, right? We talked about the yeah. three safety dime all throughout the year. So 
He got picked apart, though, man. Every time he was on the field, it was I tough. understand it, but he was out there. <laughs> yeah. I understand it, but he was out there, and he played a ton of special teams, too. So, yeah. Maybe Does that mean it's a... Vernon Scott season? Ennis Gaines is still my oh, baby. Because I haven't really seen Scott play because yeah. Scott was hurt through the preseasons. But I got to see Ennis Gaines, and Ennis Gaines is a real – I really believe in that guy. Like, he's a solid player. I think he should have been activated. They also had – um what was that safety from Georgia that they, that they had for a couple games spacing out on his name? Was it a guy, Georgia or Florida? Sean, Sean Davis. Sean Davis. Yeah. yeah. I never, I never saw that much of Sean Davis. No, but he was activated in week 14. So, Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where the Packers stand as of right now. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, they do have some depth on the offensive line. Like we said, Nyman and Hanson, Hanson are probably coming off of the bench as it stands right now. Um, they obviously have guys like Van Lennon and stuff. There are some free agents. So as of as of now, Henry Black, I I wouldn't if, if they didn't tender him, I don't think he's coming back. Right. Nope. Corey Bajorquez, there's been uh reports that the team just isn't going to be able to afford him. So they're going to be in the market for a, a new punter. I don't think they have a punter on the roster. I think they have three kickers and, and no punters as it stands right now. Not, not, not the uh, best Oof. way, way to uh, go about it, but I mean, that San Diego state punter, right. Matt Ariza, like start, start thinking about him. Maybe as like, if, if you need an impact player as like a fifth round pick or something, I mean, it's going to be tougher to find one than like day one starting punter. Yes. Um, Oren Burke signed with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Russell Douglas, there is reporting that like they are like every day it's like the the Packers and Douglas are working on a contract and they're gonna have to figure out cap space. I mean they they can't even sign Campbell yet, so like yeah. you're gonna have to get this guy your contract done because there's really not that much left to do. Like you can yeah. mess with Jair's contract or his cap hit rather. You can uh, adjust. Cobb's contract but like they haven't shown the willingness to do that yet so like I'm not going to assume that's going to happen there's only a few things that they could do um, I, I will say this if you can keep both Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas like that is a massive win for this offseason because those were a couple of guys where you just like with the cap constraints had to kind of assume that they were gone so yeah. keeping two guys that were you know vital to the success of the defense last year I mean that's pretty awesome I think you said it in the slack it's like three corners under contract and a linebacker. Like we, we deserve this after the last decade. Yeah. I'm not used to this at all. Like Jair is going to be a full-time slot in nickel looks like that's going to oh, be so cool. That's like, where he's always meant to be. It's going to be glorious. Yeah. Um, Lucas Patrick signed with the Chicago bears. I don't think that's surprising. Luke gets, is their offensive coordinator. Now he was the quarterback's coach for the green Bay Packers. He was going to be, he's going to be calling plays for the bears offensively. All my Bears friends, he's going to be an all-pro now. They're like, oh, are you so undervalued and all this all stuff? The t- all the tweets were like the most underrated offensive line in the history of Earth. And I'm like, he is okay, and he got backup. He got like – he got swing, you know, center guard money, and that's that's what he is. Like yeah. he's, he, he can start three positions. Yeah. that's that, And he'll be fine. The other guys that are free agents as of right now, uh, Dennis Kelly, Kevin King, Tyler Lancaster, Winnie Merciless, uh, I guess Chauncey Rivers now because they didn't they didn't pick up his tender. Equinamius St. Brown, Shannon Sullivan, Robert Tunyon, and Marquez Valdez Scandling. I'm actually kind of surprised how quiet the market for Marquez Valdez Scandling seems to be after guys like uh who who was it for the the card the Cardinals guy who Kirk. got signed? Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk got like seven billion dollars. 17 mil that can go to 21 mil like that. That's that's nuts. I think the thing that hurt Marquez Valdez scaling the most though, was when DJ Charks on a one-year contract with the lions. That's when it was like, Ooh, maybe, maybe not so much money for you out there, but I also don't anticipate Marquez Valdez scaling coming back in any sort of way, just because if they are in the market for Douglas, there's no way that they can bring in Douglas and MVS. Correct. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do hope MVS goes somewhere with a quarterback with an arm, just because you know he's yeah. a pretty good deep threat. 
uh, I'll root for him wherever he goes, just because uh, he also got, you know, there he had some flashes here, but there are some times he just got really, really hammered by the fans kind of undeservedly. And, you know, I he was always, he was always good at what he did. Yeah. Like he is exactly who you, he, he's exactly a large. He is a, he, he is a big guy who can fly and can block. He can't run that many routes, but that's kind of expected. Right. If yep. you're drafting it, he was like a fifth round pick. Like yep. he was a great fifth round pick for them. Like, nah, the, the MVS hate got to be a little bit too much for me. The big thing for me now moving forward, like you look at the Packers roster, obviously offensive line depth has changed now that the Billy Turner move has happened. I still think like tight end is probably like one of their biggest needs, but yep. it's a bummer that there isn't really there isn't really like a high level tight end in this class, in my opinion. We already talked about them in the pass catchers class, um, or in the pass catchers uh, podcast. But Trey McBride is kind of like the consensus number one right now, and I'm I'm still not like re- like that dude's no. like a third rounder. So give me Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Get get he's a gonna, gym, he's angry gonna moose. The, uh, he's gonna Pissed be that, moose. He's gonna be the Mercedes Lewis. Uh, replacement, which would be honestly pretty cool. Like I could, I could live with that. The big thing to me is I think they just need like a, they need a better guy for third downs, dude. Yep. Cause I, I don't think the is going to really cut it when, when push comes to shove. The other thing too, Daphne, if you watch that Niners game, he, he got worked. He really yeah. did. Like, I was surprised. I, I'm surprised he got tendered. It's likely coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that one was a little bit odd. Um, all right, let's take it to break, and then we'll talk a little bit actually about the draft, like we promised that we were going to do. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, some off-ball linebackers who may not be relevant now because Devondre Campbell just resigned, and then uh, offensive linemen. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. So we originally planned to talk about off-ball linebackers primarily on this podcast. We assumed that Devondre Campbell was gone, right? Yeah, we did all this work. He's back, but he's technically not under contract. So I feel like off-ball linebackers is still technically relevant as of now. Um, I've only watched a couple of guys in this draft class. You've seen more than me. I just want to touch on the five that I've seen. We'll go off of that first, and then we'll talk about the, the other guys you like. I watched Devin Lloyd from Utah. I get it of him being like linebacker one in this class. I think he probably plays better than his numbers on the field, right? Like he, he ran a pretty pedestrian 40 time relative to the rest of the linebackers in the class. It's still fast overall, but all the linebackers ran fast now because yeah. they're all getting crazy training. Um, I, I think because of like his level of violence and his speed and just how he anticipates stuff. He's still 
he's still the top linebacker in this draft. The the big thing I worry about Lloyd, and one reason why I would hesitate to spend a first round pick on him, is linebackers get banged up all the time, right? Like they're they are basically the defensive equivalent of running backs. If he loses a step, I really don't know if he's a starter in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's that is basically the argument for not drafting Lloyd in the first. Yeah, he's not one of those guys that can be a, a every, every down like get dirty in uh, in the trenches, especially when guys are like running power runs and you're getting second level blocks at him. So uh, yeah, he wins with speed and he can get around those blockers, especially on the you know those outside plays. So yeah, you're right. If he loses a step on that, like that kind of becomes a liability, and then he becomes maybe he's not a liability, but he becomes just a guy, right? And he, he's from Utah. He he did great, converted safety, all that stuff. Um, I watched the three Georgia linebackers. Mind you, Georgia played in a 3-4 defense, so they had to rotate in the two spots. And there was actually another one who's, like, even a younger guy who was getting playing time too, which is why I think it's funny, like, people bring up the Jordan Davis stuff. Like, everyone at Georgia in their front rotates, dude. Like, yeah. there's snaps where N'Kobe Dean, first-team All-American inside linebacker, is just off the field. Like it just happens there. Um, I think the traditional rankings of the three Georgia guys are Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, and Channing Tindall. I I like Quay Walker. Yeah, more. you do. It's funny because I, really I think we're higher on two different linebackers because I really like Tindall, uh, but for just completely different reasons. And like when you brought up Quay and I went and watched him again, I was like, I, I see where you like him, man, especially because you know, how many times are we going to talk about engaging with blockers? That's probably one of my favorite things about him. Yeah. Like he, he gets dirty on those blocks. He stacks them and then he extends so quickly. So he keeps his chest clean. So if he needs to break away and get a tackle, which he does a lot, like he does a really damn good job of that. My problem with them. And I don't know if you notice this, it feels like every single tackle he's like tackling their helmet. Like, I don't think he ever tackles <laughs> low. <laughs> That's fair. The, the thing with Quay, like he's just so built out and he's oh, so yeah. violent. Oh, yeah. Physically awesome. Yeah. Um, I had a mock draft that I posted on Acme Packing Company. I had Quay, I think, drafted in like the second or, or third. I can't I can't remember. Uh I, I used one of like the uh mock draft generators to to basically fill out the mock so that then like the Packers are on the clock. Who do you want to pick? And it just goes from there. So I don't have to think about like is this player going to be there, you know, in round whatever? I could just say, hey, don't hold me accountable. Like, yell at uh, Draft Network or, or yes. something like that. I, I had Quay Walker there, and I had the measurables of comparing him to Devondre Campbell. And it's like to a T. Like, he, he is that type of an athlete. Interesting. He's a, he's a violent guy, man. Like, if, if Devondre doesn't sign that contract for whatever reason, I could be talked into taking Quay at, like, 28. Like I, I really oh wow do. okay, I want a damn linebacker. Like I don't want to live a life without a linebacker anymore. Especially I've, now I've that we saw what light. happens. Yeah, now I've that we seen the light, this. I can't go back, dude. I can't go back. Like I, I need it. I need how it. awesome. What was his missed tackle percentage? Like three. Like he did not miss tackles. It was yeah. absolutely beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um. The other Georgia linebacker that people like a lot more, and I understand why he has more accolades and stuff like that is Nicobe Dean. My big worry with Nakobe, he is so light. Like he, he yeah. was listed at like 220 um at the combine. He might have played even lighter than that. Like everything is just built off of speed. And that's not to take away like anything he did on the field at the college level, but the NFL game is different, right? And we've seen so many of these guys who are like safety, like they used to call them what were they, money backers, right? And we've seen guys like Dion Buchanan have like one good year and then just fall off of the face of the earth, like because they kind of get figured out and they're like, hey, just run directly at that guy. Right. I, I kind of worry that Nicobe Dean is going to be that type of dude. Like I, I wouldn't take him in the first. I couldn't be convinced into taking him 28th overall, but I understand why people like him. I'm just like his style of play is so like anti NFL that it, I, 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 I wouldn't be paying market price for him. Is he dealing with an injury? Because I know he didn't work out at the combine or pro day. So I'm wondering if something like that, you know, if you want to look that up, I will say I, I love him just because I think he's an absolute psychopath when he's on the field. I mean, he runs with his uh, he had surgery to, to uh, his right shoulder to repair mm. a labrum. Okay. Gotcha. Well, maybe, maybe that's why the weight's down is he's not trying to bulk up. I'm not sure. Um, 
he plays, you know, I think all of these Georgia defenders period play violent. There was something in the water there, man. They just like that, that entire mentality of all 11 players. Dude, they're just take nuts. Heads off. They don't, they do not care about their bodies at all. Like, let I me tell know. you, seeing it in person was a, I was like my jaw dropped, like from the first play, it's just how they engage at the snap. Like these guys are just like ruthless and fearless. The guy, they're the like linebackers. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen on a football field in person. And I will be able to say until the day I died, I saw that Georgia defense live and it was freaking sweet. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people in the college football realm have kind of talked about it, but like in the same way we talk about that, like Joe Burrow LSU team as like the best offense people have ever seen at the college level, like that Georgia defense. Be, yeah. Yes. Like that, that the equivalent of that defensively is this Georgia defense. And the third linebacker is Channing Tindall. Um, he came off the bench for Georgia for the most part, but like was in a healthy rotation at linebacker. Yeah. It's not like he was just like not seen until fourth quarters or anything like that. He, he's the little hunchback runner. Like he definitely runs like hunchback. It's kind of odd. He again is another violent guy. He's not as big as Quay. Um, I don't think he's as violent as Dean, but like he plays special teams very well, even to the point like, that was something that like stood out like in the actual like senior bowl game. He was just lighting people up on special teams. I think that's kind of where he's going to get his looks early on. And that's nothing wrong. Like I, I think he's probably like a third, fourth round pick to me in terms of value. That is probably going to be on special teams, be a high level special teams player early on. And then uh, basically work into a rotation. I, yeah. I just worry about he's kind of stiff. And I, oh, that, he is. Yeah, that's not that's not really something you ever want your linebacker to be. Yeah, he's a he's a straight line guy that just kind of like shoots through gaps. And I mean, I was just about it just because it was fun to watch. Right. Like it was an exciting player because the explosiveness and play speed were absolutely there. Uh, he was probably smart not to do agility scores at the combine. Probably saved him yeah. a little money. Um, so I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, let's say they do get like a true, you know, a Devondre that stays and you have a guy like that. Like, I don't mind a guy on like the weak side coming, you know, speeding through gaps across the formation, trying to, you know, get the ball carrier in the backfield. So that was kind of the role I envisioned for him. And then, like you said, special teams, you know, when you're on punt team, you know, you don't need the most wiggle if you're just trying to fly down the field and either force a fair catch or, you know, hit the guy at the catch point. Right. And then Brandon Smith. From Penn Ooh, State was the guy. I like this one. You really like. Yeah. I watched him. I was a decent fit. I had like a like a third round grade on him. Yeah. Did you were you higher on him? Did oh you- no, I mean, we're on I have him at 58. So I mean I have him just like uh a day two grade, but I mean, actually, no, hold on. 56. I have a top 50 grade on him, actually, but it's the very tail end of it. Um, just the athleticism. I just see him as like a ball of clay that you can mold and just turn into something special. Um, cause I'm impressed with, you know, the competitive toughness. I like how he tackles, like when he tackles, he's pissed. The problem is he whiffs all the damn time. So I think the technique is a real issue as far as the tackling. Um, but you can see like there's awareness there, uh, and size. I mean, what is he? He's six, three and he's a half big. and two fifty. He's a big boy. Yeah. And, and there's not very many big guys in this trial oh, yeah. class at the position. Yeah, I mean, he's in the 95th, 97th percentile. I mean, his RAS right now is 9.99, and that's pending bench and agility scores, but, like, just freakish athlete. And, you know, I just get excited about the, the, the true athletes that have size like that at linebacker because, you know, with the right coaching, I, I think a guy like that has some upside. But because of the whiff tackles and, you know, some stuff like that, didn't love. Uh, that's why I'm a little lower on it, or I guess I'm higher on them than you. But like I'm not putting that guy in the first round just because you can see the uh, things that are not you know effective or the things he struggles with. But the athleticism and size was pretty evident on tape. I think the top off-ball linebackers I didn't end up watching just because time constraint, free agency, all that stuff. Uh, been a, been a hectic week, right? A little bit. Were uh, Christian Harris from Alabama and Chad Muma from Wyoming, who I know have. Both of them have a lot, a lot of fans. I know Muma is, is a guy who is very athletic. Um, are there any other guys that like you really liked in this class that we, you know, outside of the five that we talked about? Uh, Muma is a fun one. Um, he, he reads his keys really well. Like he really trusts his eyes and then he, he gets after it. The one 
I, I'm gonna I might go on a little rant, but Troy Anderson is one I want to know more about because I think it's fascinating. You got this great athlete that played quarterback and running back at Montana State, and then just like, oh, I'm gonna play a year at linebacker and be freaking awesome at it. But where I get pissed is all these guys that are like claiming to have grades on him. Yeah, I, I couldn't find anything to watch on the guy. He played at Montana State. Who are these people on Twitter that have grades on this guy? Did you watch the one and a half minute YouTube video? Like that doesn't tell you anything. I, I couldn't find anything to watch on this guy. He blew a line. I I could get you. I can get you Montana State film. Uh, do I want to watch Montana? Yeah, I do. I do just for the sake of this. I'm I watched very North interested. Dakota State film for uh, Christian Watson because I was like, let me let me see what you're actually about, and then. His highlight tape, Christian Watson is the guy where it's like the highlight tape is amazing. And then you watch the actual film and you're like, ah, not really creating separation, are you? Like, <laughs> and you're not I on the field for everything, are I, you? I see why your second clip on your highlight was that end around, like stuff like that. Um, offensive line wise, the Green Bay Packers obviously value offensive linemen in a very specific way. The way that they've done it for since Ted Thompson has been here, right? An above average shuttle, an above average three cone, right? Some sort of tackle background or center. Like they're they're not drafting cards. They're just simply not going to do it. Um, the guys in this draft class who tested with the shuttle and the three cone early on in the draft, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, he's the giant guy who's a bully who like, tried to start fights at the at the uh, senior bowl basically almost ended desmond ritter's career by throwing a guy into his legs right uh zion johnson from boston college who is probably going to be a first round guard at this I point love zion johnson yeah yes. he, he has some experience bouncing around outside of guard but he's probably going to end up sticking at guard at the nfl level think of like his background kind of as like elton jenkins i guess like elton jenkins was a guy who was probably always going to be a guard prospect. And I guess maybe now he's going to kick out the tackle, but he had experience at tackle for, for a while at Mississippi state. Um, Bernhard Ryman from central Michigan. I know people have compared to like Eric Fisher, but like, I don't know how much I haven't seen him personally. So I I don't know how much of that is just like, Hey, central Michigan tackle, former tight end. Like people just doing that. Um. Zion Johnson's the one that's interesting to me. I think he goes to like Dallas or someone early. I don't know if he's going to make it to Green Bay, but if he was on the board and Green Bay took him, I would be absolutely thrilled. Uh, I think he's probably arguably one of the best run blockers in this draft class. Uh, you know, one of the things I really liked at the senior bowl is he didn't have a lot of experience at center, but they asked him if he could play some center. And I'm pretty sure he played it, you know, the whole week and he actually did pretty damn well. Um, Ryman, I really like just because, for a guy that had spent barely any time playing tackle, his pass sets were clean. Like his footwork was impressive. I asked him about that at the combine and he was talking about how much he worked on it and how awkward it was at first to be like, you know, your initial reaction off the snap is to go forward and attack and cut on routes to be like, now I have to go backwards on these pass plays. Um, he seems like a good kid, but I mean, like the tape is, I liked him more than Penning, honestly. Everyone likes Penning because of the highlight tapes. But like Ryman is just so damn reliable on those pass pro. And I think he can be a pretty stud left tackle. One guy who's probably like a late day two pick um, that I saw was Abraham Lucas at Washington state. Mm -hmm. They played in a really interesting offense. So they played in like a old school, like run and shoot that got like moved to the pistol basically. So a lot of half rolls, a lot of like interesting, um, pass protection concepts for the most part that's what they're doing right like they're just throwing the hell out of the ball but it's not like air rate stuff he is incredibly smart like when we talked about oh yeah you know throughout throughout the year Boyce Newman right like having issues on stunts and stuff like that that is like not who Abraham Lucas is like Abraham Lucas is I like have a, that written down as well yeah dude he is amazing at, like to the point that there's literal clips of Washington State like so he's their right tackle right the, the right side of Washington state's offensive line handling a stunt. And then after they like dirt, the guys on a stunt, they like high five each other and like run downfield to like get back to the ball. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like <laughs> this guy is just very comfortable in pass protection. I think he's a guy who if available in like the third or something like that could be who the Packers kind of take because yeah. all the other guys, Penning Johnson, Ryman, like those guys are guys that we expect to go in the top. 40 i would say if not the first if if not the first round the top 40 yeah i um 
Lucas, I like a lot. Um, even when he like his first move is inside off the snap on a pass for like, I think he does a nice job getting out. I think against like some of the more athletic speed rushers, he can struggle like around the edge. The thing I had on him that concerned me the most was his anchor. Like, I don't think his anchor yeah. is particularly good. And that, that kind well, of, he's not a very big guy, but yeah. like that, that's one thing the Packers have kind of cornered that market for a while where they're, you know, guys like Bakhtiari. I mean, that was the, that was the rap on Bakhtiari coming out. Right. Where people yeah. said like, he's going to have to play center because his anchor isn't good enough and he's too small. And then he ends up playing left tackle at a turned out okay. level. Yeah. It turned yeah. out. Okay. Um, I think other than those guys, the only other one I watched just cause we were talking about guys that met like Packers thresholds. It was Logan Bruss out of Wisconsin, mostly because Tex and I had talked a lot about him at the combine. And uh, I, I, I didn't Ar- like Archon is a big fan about him too. He, he's already said Bruss is starting for the Packers week one. So I didn't, I didn't like him, man. I, um, I think, I think it's cause I was watching him at right tackle and like the things he did well made sense for a guard, like as a puller in space and at the second level, like he can get there quick. Uh, the problem is he doesn't lower his pads on some of these blocks at all. He doesn't launch himself into blocks. I literally watched, I think, two or three plays where he's pulling, he gets to a linebacker, and then he just kind of like lets the guy hit him when he's standing straight up. Like his idea is like, I'm just going to run at this person, and then the job is done. Like you don't see him lowering into it and blocking. So I had a real issue with that. I think he watches the ball and, and kind of like reacts to that off the snap, which I don't like seeing because, you know, you want a guy that can get off a little quicker. Um the leverage battle thing is just the biggest issue for me. I, th- I thought the paddle, like he's really got to clean that up, especially when you're pulling, man. Like we really need you to, you know, open some space. And I didn't see it. The one guy everyone says is like the most Packers pick of all time. If that happens is Zach Tom, the guy out of Wake Forest. Yeah, I've been hearing about this. I, I haven't seen him. I'm going to, I'm going to end up watching. Cause I think we're probably done with looking at the draft and having the draft talk pods about specific position groups because now we've Mm -hmm. hit all the major ones that the Packers should be looking at depending on if Rasul does end up resigning with the Packers right you don't you don't want to do a punter pod it's just draft Ariza it's it's easy an hour about Ariza it's just draft Ariza the the guy has 80 yard punts consistently do it um so I'll probably watch Zach Tom in the coming weeks I like that Wake Forest offense anyway they do like like RPOs that are like slow is the best way to like explain. Oh it. yeah, like the extended mesh point stuff. It's, it's super weird, weird. dude. Yeah. It's it's very weird. Um, yeah, it, it, it's certainly a watch offensively. So I can't I can't wait to break down their film. The other guys that qualify as of now, again, these are only guys who ran both the shuttle and the cone at the combine, and they were actually. A good amount of offensive linemen who did it, but, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be more with, with pro days and stuff. Alex Lindstrom from Boston College, Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga, Cade Mays from Tennessee. I have no idea how to say this name. Nick Z-A-K-E-L-J from Fordham, Luke Wattenberg from Washington, uh, Dawson Deaton from Texas Tech, and Zach Thomas from San Diego State. So we got a Zach Tom and a Zach Tom, or yeah, we got a Zach Tom and a Zach Thomas. That's that's not confusing. No, not at all. I'm I'm sure I won't mess that up. There's also a Cam Thomas. Oh no, too too many. And I think Zach and Cam played at the same school. Are they both San Diego State guys? Oh, I, I, I Zach is <laughs> apparently. So I guess we'll I guess we'll see about that. Um, I'm probably gonna watch film on these guys and give a recap uh, for the next uh, draft talk. We should do just, like a, we should just do an hour guys pod, like guys we like. Okay. Yeah. That's cool yeah. with me. That works for me. Uh, no more Quay Walker talk. I've already, I've already talked about him on, on multiple podcasts. Man, if you so. want to talk more Quay Walker, you can. I'm not mad about it. Look, all I'm saying, if things turn south with the Devondre Campbell deal, it's time. It's time to bring Quay home. Don't let him take that G off his helmet. Just recolor it. How, how fast do you run to the podium if Jordan Davis is there at 28? So Jordan, I don't, I don't like the fit with him and Kenny. Honestly, I, I don't even care. <laughs> I just want to see him in a backer. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I do think it's kind of interesting though that like the nose tackle market was very active in this draft or yeah. in this mm-hmm. free agency class. So like, I don't know if he's going to go as high because like a lot of teams like like the Chargers, right? 
the Chargers have already signed two two defensive tackles yep. in, in this free agency class. So like a lot of the teams that like had the need to draft a guy like Jordan Davis, you know, in the mid first round or whatever, are no longer having that massive need. So where does it go from here? Is kind of an interesting one. Just kick Kenny out, man. He can play three. Yeah, he can play he three. Can, he can do it. We asked for it, right? Uh, Didn't we see it? him play some five or some four I on third downs too? Yeah. No, we we asked for it on uh, what was it? The first like two games of the season, he was playing like nose exclusively, and we were like, please kick him out to three technique, get and him one on one with the guard, he can and, play three, have him pin his ears back, and he, he was able to do it. So I get it. The, we'll see what this ends up looking like, I guess, on draft day. But we'll have an our guys pod uh, next time. Anything else you want to add? No, um, I'm ready for dinner, man. Let's go eat it up. What are, what are we eating tonight? Well, you know, I obviously work at a food food delivery company by day um, in account management, and that specific delivery company uh, screwed me over before the pod. So uh, I'm not going to say the name of it. People that know me well enough can connect the dots, but uh, it was not a great way to start right before podcasting, starting hangry. So it's better than I'm eating right now because – Buddy, the past couple of days have been uh, t- tough on your boy. I I, uh, I bought like the uh, you know like the Tyson chicken patties. Yep. So I got like a bag of those, and then like an eight pack of like buns, <laughs> and I've just been like throwing shit in the air fryer, like just like, all right, this is what I'm doing. If I'm hungry, I do this. Then I write and just refresh my Twitter feed. Body is a temple. Yeah, try to figure that out. Pancha yeah, karma, just, pancha karma coming up. Let's go. Off season doesn't start for us until uh, the off season detox doesn't start for us. Until okay, I do have one more thing to bring up. Did we get a break at all from football since the Super Bowl ended? No, no, Is it not even a little. Rogers watch, Rogers watch literally just ended, like just physically ended, and it was like combine and like, and I was like, the week in between combine and free agency, we're gonna get a break. Nope, it was rust trade. Was Wentz trade? No, why not Wentz trade? There was a couple other things. Rogers news, Brady. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, it's all a blur. A lot of things. Um, As soon as the draft's over, take a take a deep breath and cry. Absolutely, gonna take a uh, gonna hang out on a uh, pond or a lake by a mountain for like a week. Is definitely my plan. All right, guys, uh, keep keep it locked into the feed. Um, We'll have more stuff throughout the week. Uh, keep an eye out on free agency. Hopefully Devondre Campbell signs this contract at some point and uh, Russell Douglas comes back. Fingers crossed.